Greetings from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. Our goal for this radio broadcast is that you might grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the goal for everything that we do, whether it's our 9 a.m. Sunday school, our 10.30 worship, or our men's and women's Bible studies. If there's any way that we can help you grow further in your relationship with Jesus, please do not hesitate to contact us. We pray that this would bless you. So today we are going to be looking at only three verses, uh, three passages rather, but we're going to be looking at patience. And I decided that, well, I say I decided, didn't really decide. It's just kind of the way that it came up. Um, today I'm, we're going to split our discussion of patience because we're going to talk about patience today, about patience towards God. And then next week, we're going to talk about patience towards other people. And I thought that would be, so we're going to talk about patience twice. I'm not going to ask if you understand why. So, so have patience. Um, Galatians 5, 22, if you please rise out of honor of God's word. Um, See, the problem with you laughing there is I don't know exactly which you're laughing about. Um, there's too many things. Yes, well, yes. All right. Yes, Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to contemplate patience and to seek to apply these truths, to live them out, we pray that you would be honored and that you would be glorified. Lord, that we might know you and see you better. And that we might live out your truth more. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the reality of patience is this is how God has taught and is teaching me patience. So this is going to feel much more like a testimony than like a teaching. Because I can't say that this is how God is going to teach you patience. Because... God works in all of us a little differently because we're all, well, some of us are more different than others, but we're all a little different. <laughs> Just get to it. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yep. God, give me patience. Give me now. Um, yes, I'll do my best. So patience, though, looks at the big picture. Because when, we're, when God is calling us to be patient with him, he's calling us to be patient with the circumstances and the situations, with the things getting done that we want to get done. Have any of you ever been impatient that things aren't getting done as fast as you'd like them to get done? <laughs> Brian's the first one to raise his hand. Um, yes. And What are we being impatient? Who are we being impatient towards then? Ultimately, our impatience is towards God. Because he's the one that organizes these things. He's the one that makes them happen. He is the one that's in control over this world, right? We confess that. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. He's the one 
that is above all of these things and set them at play. And so when we're saying things aren't moving the way that I'd like them to move, we're saying God isn't moving like I'd like him to move. Ultimately, that's what we're saying. And so how do we learn to become patient with God? Patience looks at the big picture. Because when I'm being impatient with God, I'll say this to me. I can't say this to any of you, but I can say this to me. When I am being impatient with God, it's because I'm looking at my little bit. And I'm saying, I want that thing changed. And God's saying, your little bit is tied to a lot of bits. And so there's a lot of little things going on here, Joe. So stop it. (laughs) You have no idea how many times... The thoughts come through my head when I've been praying for something impatient. Joe, knock it off. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then I realize I've said that same thing to my children. (laughs) Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. Yeah, it it was Jason who taught me to think about this as God looks at us like we look at our children. Getting it wrong again, Joe. Um, Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. That's found on page 782 in your Black Pew Bible. What do we see here? All of you probably know this passage. 55, 6 through 9. We actually talked about this in men's Bible study. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I wonder if God's trying to teach any of his patience. Any of you learning patience right now? Hurry up, Joe. Um, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. To our God. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Uh, To our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So how many of you guys see all of the parts and all of the pieces that need to work together to bring about what God wants to happen? Like that's, that is the big picture. To look broader. To realize that my little bit that I want to see changed is actually part and parcel of a much greater whole. Because as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's thoughts above our thoughts. You know, and they're just starting to realize this whole James Webb telescope thing, they're starting to realize how big our heavens are. Like we thought we knew how big they were. We, we were amazed at how much the Hubble telescope showed us. And now they're looking at the pictures of this James Webb telescope and they're realizing that the Hubble telescope only showed a small fraction of what the James Webb telescope is seeing. And now you hear people say, well, and we're looking at the end of the, or at the, end of the universe. No, it's bigger yet than we have any concept. Have any of you ever experienced God just opening your eyes a little bit to see the complexity of a thing? And then realizing that if, if you see, you know, you're interacting with someone. I'm giving, giving an well, example. Um, I think about the infertility that Kirsten and I dealt with. And as, as we dealt with that, it was we were in the midst of it. It was all you could really see was it. That it clouded our vision to the things beyond us. 
But then as we passed through it and as we surrendered it and we gave it to God and we asked the congregation to pray for us and went out on the radio and we had the people in the community praying for us as well, we started to see God working at multiple levels. And so we were, we were in the midst of it. We were saying, God, why aren't you working yet? Why aren't you working yet? Why aren't you working yet? And then we realized that as God was making us wait, he was actually drawing other people to himself. Because he was calling other people to pray. He was building more of a community around us as well. And so when Kirsten finally did get pregnant, it, we had people to support us in ways that otherwise we wouldn't have. And then he also, believe it or not, he had to work maturity and Kirsten and I too. <laughs> not that he's done working that, but he had to work that. And he is working that. And that's continuing to grow. And so as we took a step back from that, we finally surrendered it and gave it over to God and started to look and ask, okay, what's God doing here? We started to see that this is way bigger than us. That he didn't just want to work in Kirsten and I, but he wanted to work in you guys. And he wanted to work in our community. And he wanted to work in, well, there was a whole bunch of things that he wanted to work out. And I can't go through all of them because it would take too long. And I know people who are impatient. <laughs> And I don't know all of them because it's bigger yet. It's bigger yet. And so God revealed a little bit and yet at the same time, we know there's more. How do I know there's more? Because God's ways are higher than my ways and God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so God sees things broader and God sees things deeper. And so as we're becoming, as I'm becoming, I can't say we're because I can't speak to you guys, but as I'm becoming impatient in things, what's going on? That's me saying, God, I see all the possibilities and I see all the ends and you should work according to my will. Rather than me saying, God, this is bigger than I understand. I need to submit to you. Because the heart of patience is ultimately submission. And God taught me to submit to him by showing me that the world is much bigger than I know. It's way more complex than I know. It's got way more pieces than I see. And every individual within it, God cares about in ways that I don't understand. So how can I know what's God's perfect timing? For any of the things that I want to see happen. I know my, ways, my will is God's will here. I want to see people grow. I want to see people mature. And yet God says, there's unseen work that needs to be done before the visible work can be done. Because we always like to see how many of you like to see the, the sprouts start coming up in the spring? Not the weeds, the corn. The ones in rows, not the ones in between the rows. <laughs> I like seeing that. But you know, the funny thing is, that's not where it began. The invisible needed to be done before the visible could be shown. And that's the reality. They talk about bamboo and how long it takes bamboo to grow. Because it establishes a root system before it comes up. You know those mushrooms you see popping up in your yard that make the fairy rings? You know those things are usually below ground until finally the rain comes and they pop up. But the fruiting of that mushroom is not where it started. It started in the invisible. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God is working all of this stuff in the invisible realm. Things that we can't see or touch or taste that we can't perceive. And yet God is working there in ways that we don't understand. And we're saying, Lord, I want to see fruit now. 
God says, it's not time. It's not time. Are you willing to submit to God's time? Ken, how good is it to pick an apple and eat it in June? Those are wonderful, aren't they? It's awful. That's what we're doing. But God, I want it now. God's saying it's not time. Are you willing to submit, to trust me? Because that's the heart of patience towards God is submitting to God. Are you willing to trust me? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let the wicked man forsake his thoughts. Don't trust yourself. Because Proverbs also say, trust in the Lord. Delight, that's Psalms. Sorry, I'm getting these confused because there's so many of them. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So are you willing to trust God? whose ways are higher than your ways, whose thoughts are higher than your thoughts, who sees the invisible, he sees in the dark, we can't. This is God. Don't worry, he'll pardon, don't beat yourself up, just submit, trust, rely. Because the other promise is true too. John five seventeen. God is working. So I looked up the picture, you know, I typed in working hands. It's amazing how many of these nicely manicured and polished fingernails I saw in these pictures for working hands. It's like, these aren't working hands. People, I think we're idiots. John 5, 17. Jesus is, is talking. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of, above it. The mat, so Jesus just heals someone on the Sabbath day. This is at the pool of Bethsaida. And the Pharisees are getting after Jesus because how dare you heal someone on the Sabbath day? And that man went away and told the Jews what Jesus, uh, that it was Jesus who had helped him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. So when, God, when Jesus says, my father is working, He doesn't say my father has been working because that would be complete. He says my father is working. And this is why we can submit to the timing of God is because we know that God isn't sitting up in heaven on his laurel saying, I'll get to it when I get to it. No, he is working. And Jesus is working. And I am working, he says. And so the fact that we can't see God working. Why should that bother us? I can't see it though, God. Why should we think we'd be able to? Why do we think that we would know what God was doing? Even if he showed us what he's doing, why would we think that we would understand it? You know, I was trying to teach Anton math one time and he just didn't get it. I could show him my work And he couldn't connect with it. It was just beyond him. Now that he's gotten older and he's starting to work with multiplication and division, no problem. Now he can see it. Now he can understand it. But when he was too young, because I was, 
Well, he was, we were talking about multiplication and how multiplication works because he was starting to add. And he goes, well, what happens if you add and add and add? It's like, well, that's multiplying. And so then I was trying to teach him how multiplication works. Is that while he's asking the question, I might as well give him the answer. He wasn't ready for the answer. So why do we think that when we ask God that we're ready for the answer? Well, God, what are you doing? You won't get it if I showed you. Have you guys ever been there? Realized afterwards, oh, that's what God was doing. When you were finally mature enough to see it. Or it was finally complete enough for you to understand it. Most of what God does is beyond us. Why? Because he is God and we're not. But what can we trust? We can trust that he is working. That he is ahead of us on this. That Jesus is bringing about his will. And, you know, that he actually knows better than we do. Because there are some things that we're going to want to see done that are never going to be done. And why is that? Because God's way is good and our way necessarily isn't necessarily. Because I'd like to see things happen that'll probably never happen because I'm sinful. And God's not. And so he's not going to let the sinful things happen. He's not going to make them happen. But he's going to make righteous things happen. He's going to make good things happen. Does that mean we don't pray? No, that doesn't mean we don't pray. Does that mean we don't work? No, that doesn't mean that we don't work. That means that we work in patience, not impatience, in patience. Amazing how that N and M change things. We work in patience, knowing that these things are going to happen according to God's timing, knowing they're going to happen according to God's will, knowing that when God does them, in his timing and in his will, they're going to be way better. Just like the difference between eating an apple in July and eating one in September. Which one's better? Do we, July, yeah, that's because you got it, right? Yeah, no. Things are always better when they're ripe. And so we continue to work, but we wait for the fruit. We trust God with that. We know that he is working. He is moving. He is providing. He is the one that's happening and making things happen. According to his timing, according to his way, because he is higher than we are. So this is how we be patient with God. This is how I've come to actually submit sometimes to God. (laughs) To actually walk in patience sometimes. Do I do this always? No, I don't. And when God opens my eyes to it, I, I confess and repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Because some things think, sometimes things don't happen according to my timing. And then I get frustrated. Say, <laughs> so, oh God, forgive me again. You know, God is good. And he does. And he says, now, are you willing to wait? All right, Lord. I'll wait. I'll trust. I'll rely. Your timing is better than mine. I'll submit. How many of you like that word? Submit. That's a fun one, isn't it? It's tough at every level. But the thing with patience is it sees the big picture and sees that it's beyond us. It's too big. It's too big. I've had, I had someone ask me, how do you, how do you grow a church? You know the honest answer is? I don't know. Trust God, do what he tells me to do. He grows the church. 
How do you mature people? How do you counsel? I don't know. Trust God. Do what he tells me to. And he works. It's too big for us. If you actually sat down and looked at any of the things that God has called you to do, you would realize that they are way bigger than you can manage. Anything at every level, whether that's raising children or teaching piano or growing a crop, building a house, it's too big. If God wasn't working all of the things that you can't do, it wouldn't work. So you can trust him. You do your part. But then you trust him. Because it's too big for us. But not too big for him. Any questions? Does this make sense? Is it hard? Yeah. Why? Because we're sinful. But that's the only reason. So as we confess and we repent and we submit, God works. God works. My father is working until now and I am working. Such an awkward construction in the English. But that's because it's true. God is working. Jesus is working. And it is bigger than we see. And it is better than we know. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can trust you, that you are bigger, that you are wiser, that you are greater, that you are more powerful. Lord, we thank you. That's not a, up to us. So we submit to you. We ask, come Lord Jesus. Pray that you would be at work, that you would be moving, that your kingdom might even come to us. Thank you, Father, for this privilege we have to be your children to look to you and to wait upon you and to renew our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.